Blog Talk Radio. Keep It Magic is brought to you by CoventryCreations.com.
afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic, and we're showing Coventry Creation some love as we ramp up to the 20th anniversary of Coventry Creations and Coventry Magic and Jackie Smith making candles out of tuna fish cans and all the the kind of insanity that has ended up being what Coventry Candles is today. Word. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny you're um you're playing like not what I listened to during that time, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> you're looking at songs from 1992 and like, yeah, I was hippie girl. Listen I can't up. even see you as a hippie girl. Oh my god. I can't even see it. It's kind of nightmaring me getting the visual. Because you know what I feel about hippies, don't you? They're dirty and smell like patchouli. A ball sweat. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> a ball sweat. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get you on um, talking to um, uh, Craig Ferguson. Instead of having his um, skeleton say balls, we'll have him say ball sweat. <laughs> but Jackie, I would be like the better physical version of Rush, Russell Brand, but a lot cleaner. <laughs> Can you see my wild, crazy energy sitting next to him? I mean, it would be just, like, totally crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No. You know, you wouldn't be sitting next to him. Actually, if you did, you would kind of make a little V as you leaned your shoulders away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't want that many germs on me. (laughs) Hey, so since we skipped our intro, so what are we listening to today here on... uh... Uh, We are listening to Keep It Magic, and, of course, make sure that you go over... And visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. And that's also where you can uh, uh, reach Jackie and schedule a consultation with her. Um, She does incredible Akashic record readings, tarot readings, healings, you name it, she does it. Um, So cruise on over to coventrycreations.com and check that out. To reach me, go to www.psychicfriendsnow.com. Again, that's www.psychicfriendsnow.com. You can fan us up on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash keeping without the G. It's magic because if you put in the G, you're going to have a Coke. That's all I'm saying. Um, Without the G, keeping it magic. And you can also follow us on Twitter at keep it at sign Keep It Magic. The website, of course, is keepitmagic.com, so it's all Keep It Magic all of the time. <laughs> it's currently seven Unless, of course, you're on Coventry Creations. And, by the way, friend us on Facebook, Coventry Creations Candles or Coventry Creations, because you're going to then start finding out some great random things about Coventry. Um, interesting facts. Also, you'll get the scoop on our 20th anniversary celebration for those of you who want to Drive over to the Detroit area. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have a whole day of goodness. Yes. Dorothy Morrison's going to be here for the weekend. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Dorothy's awesome, period. We need, to have, Do- we need to have Dorothy on during the first part of season two. Absolutely. I miss Dorothy. We're going to have to bring Dorothy on for something during the first part of season two. Maybe we'll do a show called Ask the Witch. Yeah. Or th- what rhymes with it. <laughs> and then Jackie and I will respond. <laughs> oh, so, Jackie, what's been going on with you? A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So much so that, that um, after I texted you this morning, you had to call me and say, it's okay. 
Your tenth your your moon is in your tenth house and wrong, wrong, wrong. Wait. <laughs> your Something. moon is in your twelfth house. The moon is in my whatever. Whatever you said resulted in some some conjunction opposing whatnots and um and that I'm going through a mega change. Pluto and Uranus are currently aspecting your moon. Yes. They, Uranus will be going retrograde later in the week. Pluto is currently retrograde. They're going back towards your moon. And then when they turn direct later in the year, you will never see them again until they hit another planet, which may be next week. But uh, <laughs> your moon rules your 10th house of career. Right. So basically what that means is that going through a lot of changes um, at work, and it's really how I view things. It's, my, it's very much my perspective, isn't uh-huh. it, from our conversations. And so that and writing the class, writing the um, Archangel Candle Magic with Archangels, Archangels and Candle Magic class that I'm going to be teaching at Zuzu's Healing Arts in uh, Massachusetts next week. And if you want to see the schedule of where I'm going to be at Zuzu's, go to zuzusbeads.com, Z-U-Z-U-S-B-E-A-D-S.com. I'm doing readings there all week, so if you want to get a reading, um, sign up. I have a few few openings left. And i got to tell you, if I don't have any readings in, on Friday, by the time I get to Massachusetts, I'm not going to read on Friday. So, you know, I'll take that day off and have some fun and not be so busy. So, um, but writing about... <laughs> writing about the angels, the archangels, has been, um, we started talking about that last week, but it has been a spiritual experience, a physical experience, an emotional experience, a mental experience, um, because it took me into a realm that I've known about, I've uh-huh. skirted, I've conceptualized and mentally understood. And when um, Sue said, I want a class with angels and candles, and I'm like, well, you know, that's not my forte. And she goes, yeah, but you're going to write about it. They just told me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, I'm up for a challenge. And um, and that was, I, you know, that, that really was a precipice of changing my view on a lot of things. Like this, all the changes going on in my life right now could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, this all could have gone really horribly wrong and set me up at a place where um, – I would have been in a fail for a long time, uh-huh. but but it's like because of the working with the angels and is um, and it's changed it to a positive. And and I want to clarify. Um, a lot of people say well, I'm working with the angels and I feel their wings all around me and I feel their presence and they talk to me and da da da. da. And oh, Archangel Michael's just such a great guy and he's kind of hot too. Mm-mm, that's not the angels I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ones that um, are of all of life, of your life, understanding how they work everywhere, how they're a part of the the, the light. It's um, yeah, it's big stuff. I still don't get why all of these people are so eroticized by Michael. Um, protector. Protector, he's got to be big and strong and buff, and and um, um, I and and that's clearly they have not been to Staten Island because <laughs> all the protectors that I know from Staten Island are three hundred pounds. 
<laughs> Hairy, sweaty, and have spaghetti stains on their shirts. We're not talking about the mob here. Not <laughs> <laughs> the angelic mob. Um, but um, I, we're going to do a show on the angels pretty soon, um, maybe in our next season. But um, uh, it, it's just it's changed everything. So then, with this big change going through my chart and, and career and stuff, like I said, all this stuff could have gone horribly wrong. But there's always uh, the storm in the entire five years that you've known me. Uh-huh. Have you noticed that there's like a little pattern? The minute there's this big change that's going to come into my life astrologically, uh-huh. um, I have a big spiritual awakening. Yeah, and it helps me through that. So I'm because I'm always learning. I always want to know. I always want to know more. And um, I had someone challenge me the other day. So what's the point in getting closer to God? Why? Why? Why do you strive for that? Why? Why would you want to get closer to the divine? Um, why aren't you just there? You know. And I said, well, the the point is, you know beyond just going to church or whatever. The point is not, well, the point isn't becoming better than or more holier than thou or a zealot or um, or a guru. The the point in getting closer to the divine is just, it just makes life better uh-huh. and easier and simpler and smoother. And um, and they looked at me and went, oh, well, that's the best reason I've heard of all day. <laughs> really, it was simple because so many people are like, "Well, you get closer to closer to God because of this, because of that," and there's these these great grandiose reasons. But it's just it's simple. It's just because it makes life better. It's yeah. very very selfish, <laughs> very selfish. So, um, but the, one of the other big things that um, all this this is my lead up to over the past two days, the word busy has been something that I've been challenging on myself on. I've had some people recently in my life say things to me like, I know you're really busy, but is there any way that I can get a half an hour of your time so you can help me with this thing or you can teach me this thing? Or And some of these are employees. Or my husband saying, I'm tired of hearing about you being busy. You have to decide to make some time or find some time for this because this means blah, blah, blah. Or I was at a party, um, and um, or I just kind of met some people up for drinks, and they're like, well, we know how busy you are, so we really appreciate you actually being able to show up. And that kind of felt like kind of like an insult more than anything else. And and I started getting really mad about this, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm busy. Um, I'm just so busy, and then it becomes so frenetic. You know, you're busy, busy, busy doing what? I don't know. And so I've so that's just been a word, and I um, found something on a friend of mine's Facebook page, uh-huh. Ellen Mary's Facebook page, and um, I love this. This is this. I read this in the morning, and I couldn't stop thinking about it all day. And I tried it on. And in, in, instead of saying I don't have time, try saying it's not a priority, and see how that feels. Often that's a perfectly adequate explanation. I have time to iron my sheets. I just don't want to. But other things are harder. Try it. I'm not going to edit your resume, sweetie, because it's not a priority. Or how about, I don't go to the doctor because my health is not a priority. If these phrases don't sit well, that's the point. Changing our language reminds us that time is a choice. If we don't like how we're spending an hour, we can choose differently. And that's a quote from Laura 
Vanderkam. I, I think it's hard to read that on the quote. So it got me thinking all day, and I and I started using the word priority. And I really started thinking of, wow, what what is I what what have I created as a priority in my life? And then as I figured out what I've created as a priority, 90% of it I love because I'm living my dream. I love what I do. I love the things around me. And so when you can say, absolutely, I make this, I make it a priority to write about angels. I make it a priority to get on the radio with you. I make it a priority to to teach people about magic in their own life, Mm -hmm. how to make magic mainstream for themselves. I love that. So... That totally empowered me. But then I also said, well, I'm also really busy with this stuff, which is necessary, or, oh, I can job that out. or and, and then I also realized I've been busy with other people's stuff, and and that that's not what I want to do. And then I was able to look at my daughter and go, absolutely, you are a priority. So it's very easy to say in the middle of the day, let's go solve your problem. Yeah. And And... This the word busy. Have you noticed how many people are using it? Everybody. Even, Everybody is too busy for everything. Even on Angie's List commercial, do you get Angie's List out in uh, New York? Yeah, yeah. So the, the the chick on the Angie's List commercial is going, "I'm busy, 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 busy," and that hit me this morning, like going, "Oh my God, that's me!" And so um, I went, "Okay, so what is this serving?" But like you said, everybody's really busy. It's very frenetic, and and uh-huh. and why do you think that is? Why do I think it is? I mm-hmm. think that it's. I think it's a couple of reasons, actually. Um, one of the reasons that I think everybody is busy is because we live in a particular culture that values um, constant movement in many ways, and I think that even many people that are not really that busy are saying they're busy so that they fit in. Um, uh, and we'll, uh, you, you know, and it is a particular um, way for them to uh, not really fully involve themselves uh, in other people's lives. Um, the other thing that I think is that busyness kind of diverts us mentally um, uh, uh, from having to take any form of real deep look within. I mean, if you sit and you look at it, if somebody is busy from the moment, um, and it's, you know, it, in, in many ways, um, uh, it's weird to even think about it, uh, Jackie, because we're in the business of spirituality and we're in the business of connecting and we're in the business of talking to angels and talking to spirits and, and mm-hmm. doing all of this stuff of connecting. Um, but most ordinary 95% of the planet, um, old Joes and old Jills. Um, you know, they're getting up in the morning and they're going to work and then they're, you know, bringing their kid to soccer and then they're, um, uh, you know, making dinner and then they're watching, uh, you know, Jay Wow and Snooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to bed, rinse and repeat. Uh, and, I, I, you know, one of the things that um, uh, I think is that, is that not only is the community, it has communication just simply disappeared, but also has any form of reflection has disappeared. So that even when I'm giving a reading, Jackie, and I will tell people, you know, this is something that you really need to sit down and take a look at. I get people all the time that tell me I don't have time to do that. Well, then don't complain that your love life sucks. Well, okay. I also think we're lying to ourselves is what we're busy at. 
I really do. Because there's times when I go, oh, my God, I don't have enough time to get all this stuff done. And so when, when I get into this that shutdown mode, I am I find myself um, on Facebook. I find myself checking my email 40 million times. I find myself getting up and, and checking on everybody else's business. I find myself reading a book um, or researching something that has nothing to do with what I really need to be doing because I find that I'm so overloaded. Uh-huh. And then my to-do list never gets touched. So then, you know, which are, those are evil bastards, just so you know, to-do lists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that that um, so that I'm like busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But there's um, I read this. I was pointed at this article um, several weeks ago by um, in the New York Times by Tim um, Creeder. Three weeks ago, this showed up on my page and somebody sent it to me, and I was too busy to read it. Uh-huh. It's called the busy trap. I go, oh, i got to read that. I opened it up in the morning uh, in my browser, and I didn't read it all day, right? Yeah. And I so I read the article, and it's, it's this, the writer, and he's talking about how he doesn't um, – he's talking about the fact that people are, are too damn busy uh-huh. and how um, the point of his article is that it's really hard to be a writer – to be really busy and not go experience life because then you have nothing to write about. And that that hit me kind of hard. But this is the line that I think sums it up for so many people. Busyness serves as a kind of existential existential reassurance, a hedge against emptiness. Obviously, your life cannot possibly be silly or trivial or meaningless if you are busy, completely booked, and in demand every hour of the day. How true is that? It, it, it's very true. Um, uh, and you know, and I, I, I thought that it was hilarious. I had to mute myself when you mentioned the thing about being on Facebook because it is, I think, probably the modern equivalent of the great distractor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, to the point that that business coaches, I have not had a business coach that I've worked with yet that does not state, spend no more than uh, 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening on social, in social networking. Right. <laughs> you know, because otherwise you will be there all day and get nothing done. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I think that you're right. I think it is an avoidance. Uh, my question, because you know crazy, I like to go deep because I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to avoid? I think it's personal. I think it's different or different there's there's a couple of categories that I think it it distills down to. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times it's it either becomes free um uh fear of failure or fear of success, I think it comes down to. Or it just could be I don't want to do it. Here's another thing that I, I learned this week. When somebody says to you the first time you need to do them to you need them to do something it's within their realm of to do it's their job or whatever uh-huh. um or it's your kid <laughs> when the first time they say i don't think i can do this i don't know how to do this um you say no it's okay you need a little confidence i'll show you how it's not that hard you just need need to be shown the way uh-huh. now the second time they say i don't think i can do this is they might have had a setback, 
and it frustrates them. They might not understand it completely, you know, so you, you help them again. Now, the third time they say, I don't think I can do this, is actually them saying, I'm not going to. Yeah. So um, that was like, I need to I need to hear that. So Maya Angelou always says, when somebody tells you something, believe them. The first time. The first time. <laughs> now, now as, as a mom or an employer or a friend who says, this is too hard. I, somebody says to you, this is too hard. I can't do it. And you're like, you can. Da, da, da. And sometimes it's what people need. They just need to be shown how. Because yeah. there's times when I, uh, well, you heard me. Um, I don't know how to run this board. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie, do it. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay. I was intimidated. I was scared. Or the first time I, I took over sales for my company, and I had a complete meltdown in front of Patty, and she just stared at me with big eyes and, and then said, go make the phone call. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, well, I, like, freaked out and went, fine, and I went and made a phone call. So we can have those those moments of freak out, and, and you say, okay, what is really going on here? But I think I think that with that busyness, is if you can't get anything done, I think you might be doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've i been talking about this theme of being busy, and this has been years of my life now, years of my life. But part of it is because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. So I love the concept of changing the word to priority. Because uh, somebody was, like, giving me the what for, on how busy I am and why aren't I why am I going out of state to teach these classes rather than teaching them here in Detroit and I go well a no one came when I first started teaching in Detroit uh-huh. and two I love what I'm doing and that was such an epiphany when I was able to say that I said I love what I do I love what I do so now I'm no longer busy I'm following my dream yeah. And and even just even just pausing and saying that, um, I had an exercise in not being busy the the other day though. I went to a concert, an outdoor concert with a friend of mine and they have a no re entry policy. Uh-huh. And I left my phone in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's like but, leaving an organ in the car for you. <laughs> right. And I got a smartphone, I can text people, I can get on Facebook, I can I could even write. And take yeah. notes. <laughs> I can even write with my finger, you know, on on my phone, and um, it was in the car, and I had nothing to do. And there's a couple of bands, and so there's like a half hour, forty five minutes between each band, which like killed me, right? Yeah. And um, I leaned back and I watched the clouds, and I'm I'm with, with my friend Heatherly and. I go, oh, look, that one looks like Jonah and the Whale. That would give me an anxiety attack. Really, watching the clouds? <sighs> Just sitting there doing nothing? It was very hard storm. I almost left. I really wanted to leave a couple of times, and I was really fidgety. I was also That was also when I was starting to come down with the flu, and yeah. so that was part of That was probably kind of good that I could just lay there. Um. But I went, you can do this, Jackie. You can actually do nothing for 45 minutes. I, you don't have to make conversation, nothing. You can do it, I swear to you. You can do it. And you had to do it how many times? There were two 45-minute breaks. 
and then listening to the music and 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 we were so far up on the hill at the outdoor concert you can't really see them so you're just like listening to music so there's these 45 minute breaks then there was a time when the bands were playing which you're not like totally in the concert because you're so far back uh-huh. that you're just listening you're there to listen to music and so then that was an additional time where I didn't do anything I just listened to music and I was specifically not busy for four hours. <laughs> oh no, that would have been too long for me. I would have been crazy. It was it was kind of tough, but I did it, and I went, oh, oh, that was kind of okay. Now my back hurt from laying. I would like to have to have some form of in depth conversation. Like I could do something like that with you because we in that forty five minutes, you know, the two of us would be expounding on the secrets of the universe. But um, uh, although I did the best people watching in the world. I don't really like people that much. So I don't know if I could do that. Oh, it's so much fun. Because you make up stories about them. Oh. <laughs> oh that's the last thing that I want to do. we got to take a break. <laughs> Check out our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. On the other side, Jackie and I will be discussing the negative three weeks. You'll find out what it is. Keep listening to Keep It Magic.
yours on my command. Now hit the dance floor. It's gonna make you sweat till you bleed. Is that dope enough? Indeed. I paid the price to control the dice. I'm more precise. To the point I'm nice. The music takes control. Your heart is so unfold. Your body is free and behold. Dance till you can't dance till you can't dance no more. Get on the floor and get raw. Dip. Come back and upside down. Easy now. Let me see you move. Welcome back to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and of course, I am here with the glamorous, lovely, wonderful, talented, and gifted Miss Jackie Smith. You can check her out over at www.coventrycreations.com, where she uh, hangs out with our sponsor, Coventry Creations. So (laughs) (laughs) you can check her out there. You know, that's where she hangs out. Um, A lot of stuff that's going on, Jackie, and one of the one of the interesting things, I know that we were going to go into um, Pinhas right away, which is the portion um, of this week, but I actually have decided we're going to do the negative three weeks first. Well, I'm following um, along. And the like re- the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, I should probably describe what the negative three weeks are. Um, uh, first of all, the negative three weeks are a historically difficult period of time. And basically where it comes from is that all of the planets, um, and we include in astrology, we include the sun and the moon as planets, not uh, luminaries. Um, uh, all of the planets, except for the sun and moon, rule two different signs. So, you know, if you are going through, you know, Jackie's a Virgo, Virgo also is ruled by Mercury. Mercury also rules the sign of Gemini. Um, Jupiter rules Pisces and Sagittarius. Saturn rules Aquarius and Capricorn. Um, Venus rules Taurus and Libra. Mars rules Scorpio and Aries. So according to Kabbalistic thought, those particular planets are diluted because they rule two different signs. Okay. Now, the sun and the moon, because they only rule one sign, okay, it means we get a full shot of the particular energy um, as a result of that. So during the last two weeks of the sign of Cancer and the first week of the sign of Leo, um, we move into a period Kabbalistically that is known as the negative three weeks. Now, it's not necessarily all 100% negative, but... Um, the metaphor for me to give you in regards to it, because technically what happens is that the lower sephirot, which are called Zeranpin, move out of the way and we get straight energy from the sephirot of Bina. Now, let me put this into English. Okay, because you lost me. <laughs> and I was going to go, wow, my mind just drifted and I started thinking about something else. Okay. So, <laughs> so Jackie, we're, we're, in, we're in your office, okay? Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're, making, we're making candles. 
Uh-huh. And rather than in those little itty-bitty bottles that you put our oils in, mm-hmm. that you mix them with a cutter, mm-hmm. um, you put straight essential oils into those particular bottles. Okay. Um, when we're in the last part of the sign of Cancer and the first part of the sign of Leo, you're getting that straight that straight energy straight from that essential oil, okay? It's not cut with anything. In other words, it's not diluted. So because of the fact that we are not humanly capable, really, of handling that particular type of energy, um, unless you're on a spiritual path, um, you can short-circuit. There can be lots of communication problems. You can experience drama, 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 and it would be very comparative. Like, what would be the negative consequences of using straight oils, Jackie? Um, you poison yourself. Yeah. So basically, in many ways, what happens during this period, if people aren't able to put up a particular filter on their own, is that they poison themselves. The energy is just too intensive. So we become dramatic and, you know, controversy starts happening and all of this particular insanity starts to incur in your life and then you'll find out everybody else's life is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not necessarily bad. Um First of all, we can use this particular three-week period to remove negativity. You can use it to remove judgment, which means, um, in Kabbalah, the word judgment means um, uh, you can remove the effect side of the word, of cause and effect. Um, You can receive breakthroughs. You can, uh, there's a capability more so than ever before of creating miracles. However, If you do not focus on spirituality, um, which is 95% of the planet, um, basically what you're going to find is that people are going to be burned out, they're going to be tired, they're going to be exhausted, um, they're going to uh, uh, be, uh, you know, certain things are going to happen in their life that's just going to create a particular form of chaos in regards to their life that's just basically going to engulf them. Now, how you can use this as a tool... um, In essence, what is going on here is that it is time for us to look inside, Jackie, Mm -hmm. and look at our the the last year, basically, and ask ourselves a simple question. And this goes in regards to what it is that you were saying about being busy, which is why I wanted to move this um, forward. Um, What you have taken an analytical look at what it is that you've done Mm -hmm. and what what it's cost you. Um, whether that be relationships that have ended, friendships that have ended, um, uh, 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 you know, deals that you decided not to do, um, uh, uh, money that you spent that you probably shouldn't. Um, uh, basically, look, look at what it is that you've done and what it is that's cost you. Now, as long as you lament which the word lament means um, uh, to have some form of sorrow um, in some form of way. Okay. Um, Or to grieve. Um, As long as you grieve what it is, the price that it costs you, it's all wiped clean. It's like a big, huge, gigantic spiritual cleansing candle. So it's kind of like if you... um Make amends for yourself. If you let it, well, grieving, lamenting is letting go. Yes. So, as long as you let it go and say, "Yep, I did that. I made that mistake. I bought the wrong air conditioner, and it does not do what it needs to do. And it's 150 degrees out there. So, 
Now, we're just going to let this air conditioner go over here. I'll yeah. go get the new one. Yeah. and, and it's, But if you still try and sit in front of the air conditioner, it doesn't work. You're just going to, like, be pissed off constantly. And, and what happens, Jackie, when you're in that state of anger all the time? It just builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up. Well, and then breeds. what eventually occurs is it breeds a drama. Right. It breeds. Absolutely. Um, you know, so uh, uh, one of the things that that I think that is important in regards to this, and I think that we all have to go through periods in which, because, and unfortunately Western society really does a lot of us this particular period of time, but we all need to go through particular experiences where we connect to the particular energy of where um, uh, our particular actions may have cost us something. And grieve that, mm-hmm. you know, and and accept that, and be there with that particular energy, because it's the only thing really that I think that that teaches us, um, and will allow a cleansing in many ways to begin to occur. The judgment disappears because of the cleansing. Let's talk about grieving for a second. Sure. What does that mean for you? Because for a lot of people, grieving means being frozen, crying, non-functioning. Um, catatonic, you know, that whole thing. So that's, that's a intense grieving, but but what else does grieving mean? I mean, you're the psychologist here. Well, I don't think that frozen is grieving, for one. Okay? Right. I think that frozen is stuffing or repressing. Okay. Um, grieving, um, for me, okay, and basically the, the, the technical definition of the term, um, really means sitting in with a particular energy and valuing what something meant to you. Like if somebody passed away, okay, and you're grieving, you're connecting with their particular energy, okay, um, and giving them some form of meaning in regards to their life. When you're grieving a lost relationship, you're giving that some form of meaning for creating a particular change in your life. Um, And it does include sorrow. Um, A lot of times, you know, we've done things that we regret or we didn't spend enough time with, you know, Grandma Sally who's been in the nursing home. Um, And, uh, you know, it allows us to cleanse and purify ourselves um, in an emotional way. And interestingly enough, crying includes water through tears. Uh, which Jackie and I are going to talk about a bit, a bit, a little bit later. But um, I think that that is the purpose of grieving. It's the purging and the uh, allowing that particular energy not only to connect to it, Jackie, but allow any form of toxic energy that may be attached to it to come out of your pores, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, Kabbalistically, they say you shouldn't grieve any more than seven days, ever. Ever. Okay. You think? Well, I think some grief takes more than seven days. When somebody is still grieving their boyfriend after six months, there's a problem. Well, I mean, okay, a parent who loses their child, they're probably going to grieve them the rest of their lives. Yes. Um, but but you're talking more like um, grieving a loss of a job or or you know something like that. So when you're, so I think past seven days, what happens, you know, when it's something not something so life altering like losing a child or something like that. Um, I think you know you're stuck in what you lost versus versus saying, okay, this is what I lost, and and you're never it's never man, that matter of fact, but this is what I lost, and this is the opening in my life that I can now take advantage of. Let's let's look at something, Jackie, in regards to what it is that we normally lose. Okay, 
for the most part, yeah, many of us are going to go through certain experiences in which we lose people. That's just the normal side of life, and we're going to we're going to mourn them, mm-hmm. um, you know, in many ways. Especially, you know, parents losing children, and uh, you know, children uh, losing adults. Um, uh, but you know, most of what we lose is we lose money, we lose jobs, we lose relationships, we lose friendships, mm-hmm. and all of these other things. Do you not think, Jackie, that after a certain time, it moves from grief and mourning into self-victimization? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, on, on, on every level, in so many different things. So when, now for me, when I grieve something, um, I fuss. I go ahead and fuss about it. I look, think mm-hmm. about what am I going to miss about it, What was what? what is the... Finally, get truthful and real with what was really going on about it. I, um, I, you know, I go through all those steps. I say, oh, but you know, um, you know, if I, let's say I lose a friend, well, that that sob, you know, that so and so, how dare they this and that? And then you go, but goddamn, we had a great time. <laughs> they were hilarious. They were this. They were that. So I, I just kind of, I just fuss. I fuss about the whole thing and how I feel about it, and then I'll say, you know, they were doing such and such and such and such, and I just kind of ignored it because I, I wasn't, I knew if I addressed it or looked at it, I was going to um, have to deal with it, and I didn't want to. I just wanted to be friends. Yeah. Um, so so I think grieving is just getting honest with all the aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think in many ways that it, it it does have a lot to do with that with that getting honest and and getting clear basically uh uh you know about what it is that we're going to be missing in our lives. And uh I think it is um you know one of the most important things. And what I love about Kabbalah is that Kabbalah gives us these particular times mm-hmm. um in which to do that particular process. At a particular point in which the energy is available to attach, because if you're sitting there and you're grieving the loss of somebody else and you're connecting in that larger spiritual way and being internal and reflective, mm-hmm. it allows you to create something much larger than just yourself. Okay, so um, if you know if you're Jewish and you're on the negative three weeks, what do you what do you do? Do you not work? Do you? Oh yeah, I used to work. You get up at the, at the, uh, two o'clock in the morning and you um, uh, meditate. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Until you cry, <laughs> gotcha. you know, and you do that for three weeks, um, and then there's the most negative day of the year, which is the ninth of Av, which um, is the twenty eighth of July, um, in which um, we uh, lament the destruction of both of the temples um, uh, in their physical form and recreate the temple in a spiritual form inside of us each and every year. So it's this particular process um, that goes on and occurs. Now, I'll be home by then, thank goodness. Yeah, this negative three weeks um, uh, is interesting because there's something peculiar that's going to occur that doesn't always occur, but something peculiar is going to happen in the midst of it, which I think is almost the negative three weeks on crack which is that Mercury is going to go retrograde this coming weekend. <laughs> well, let me 
bring my bottle of Van Van oil because I'm driving to Massachusetts. You're driving again? Mm-hmm. Patty and I are driving. Well, I love driving with Patty. Oh. I'm not driving by myself this time. I'm driving with Patty, and and we actually decided to drive. Number one, so we have a car while we're there because we're going to be there for a week. But also we get to spend a lot of time together. We get to do a lot of writing. We get to, oh, it's the best. I love traveling with my sister. I love it. Oh, I couldn't sit in the chair that long. It would drive me nuts. Well, Um, we stop a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's roasting out. We, we, we um we travel very much the same. We both have to stop every like two to three hours. Here is my suggestion: huh. take nothing with you that you don't care if you lose. Okay. Um, uh, you know if, if you know if something happens and you forget your luggage or whatever, Jackie. Um, uh, it it doesn't matter. Um, you know the jewelry that you bring with you. Mm-hmm. Bring um, inexpensive types of jewelry, um, uh, any form of like shoes or anything of that nature that you value. So probably leave those ugly blue things at home, um, <laughs> uh, and you know just be very very cautious in regards to Mercury going retrograde. Mercury is going to go retrograde in the sign of Leo, okay, which means that it is a particular period in which we need to really reflect on ourselves and which direction it is that we want to go in in regards to the future. Um, uh, And Mercury will be retrograde until the first part of August. So um, computers may break down. Back up your computers. Um, Travel plans may go crazy. Um, uh, uh, Bring Van Van oil with you if you are traveling. Um, Maybe a sun candle also in your purse. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, basically, otherwise just go forward with things as normal. But I thought that it was uh, very interesting that all of that is occurring all at once. So. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. It's usually when it happens, but then again, I'm I'm traveling at least once a month, so <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds, I tell you? Now, since we have about eight minutes for me to talk about Pinhas. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. This week we're in a very, very famous portion of the Torah, um, and it is called uh, Pinhas. Um, uh, and last week when we talked about the portion at the very, very end of Bilak, I talked about the fact that there was this big, huge, gigantic orgy that was going on. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> now we're in the orgy. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was this big, huge orgy that was going on, um, and oh. now we're in the midst. Yeah, it's a you know, cue up the porn music. Uh, there's this big, huge orgy going on that 24,000 people are participating in. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way to catch enough names, that kind of number. Now, because of the fact that this orgy is going on and Pinhas sees, figures out basically what the root of this particular orgy is, and this plague is spreading and spreading and spreading uh, amongst the, the Israelites. And remember that the word Israelites means people um, uh, that uh, uh, that are on a spiritual path, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pinas goes up and he kills the two people that started the orgy by stabbing them with uh, a sheath or a dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of that, the plague stops, and um, there is a recounting um, of the Israelites. And basically, when you look at the word plague, 
Um, and I think that this also goes to, um, Jackie, what happens, you know, with being busy and with the negative three weeks is that uh, the biggest plague that we have in our life at the moment and in the world is probably cancer. I mean, is there anybody that, I, I mean, I don't think that there's anybody that hasn't experienced somebody in some way that has not had cancer. Right. Um, uh, so I would say that that is probably the biggest plague um, mm-hmm. currently on the planet. According to Kabbalah, the root of cancer or when cancer is activated is always under the sign of cancer. So uh, if somebody develops cancer, that this is a particular this is the particular month that it occurs. Um, you know, of course, they may find out about it. You know, six years from now, um, laying on a table in uh, Belfast. Um, and they say you have, you know, stage four liver cancer or something. But uh, uh, you know, the roots that are in are under the sign of cancer. I don't know. It just came to me, Belfast. Um, so I think in Bellevue Hospital. <laughs> Belfast. <laughs> it's a city in like uh, in Europe. Isn't it in Scotland? Uh, somewhere over wow, there. Wow, my geometry. Yeah. Geometry. <laughs> <laughs> My mercury is retrograde right now. <laughs> now, to prepare for the show, to prepare for the show, Jackie, I was listening to a lot of classes on Peen House this morning, and one of the things that was talked about, which really, really hit me, that I want to talk about for just a few minutes, is that what it is that um, the Rav said is that we experience cancer in other areas of our lives than just the physical body. We experience cancer in our relationships. We experience cancer um, in regards to our business. We experience cancer in regards to our money. We experience cancer in regards to our relationships with our children. Um, you know, we experience cancers with our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's so many ways that cancers um, uh, uh, are created. And... Uh, uh, you know, it just had a profound effect on me, Jackie. And to know that the root of cancer occurs during the negative three weeks is just amazing to me. So to connect this back, I wonder how many illnesses start up by us not looking inside at ourselves and being busy. Yeah. I think a lot of them, because I think that busyness, like you said, it stops you from looking inside. It stops mm-hmm. you from saying, what do I really value? I'm just going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, yeah, and that and grieving. I think when we don't grieve, when we just power through, we're passionate. Yeah, suck it up, Buttercup, and let's get through this. Um, we're saying I'm stronger than that. I don't cry. I don't cry. And um, you know, I watch somebody I, I care for very deeply who lost someone very important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And then. All of a sudden, she does out of nowhere for no apparent reason, and um, and I went, wow, you know, I've been like that for a, for a while in my life. I've been um, feeling pretty beat up, so I want to be strong and not cry. And I went, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I'm gonna cry. I'm totally gonna cry. I'm gonna uh-huh. make it easy for myself to cry, just because it's that cleansing. Uh-huh. Um, and and I'm also I'm also a sucker for touching moments, so that's when I usually cry. Yeah, but I'm like, why am I? Why do I cry at touching moments? I mean, like I'll ball at touching moments, and I went, oh, that's because there's a lot of things in my life I didn't grieve, so I'm I'm letting myself do some of that. When it comes down, like, okay, what am I really crying about? Because it's really not the coffee that the son is pouring for the mom now that he's home from the army. That's really not what I'm crying about. 
Uh-huh. What am I really crying about? And then I sit there and I listen because I'll ask that question. And whenever you ask a question of the universe, of your angels, sit quietly and listen, and they'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so that's I, my I, I really think that people need to look inside and really become clear with themselves because I think that in many ways we're using so many externals, Jackie, to replace mm-hmm. a spiritual vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is leading to some uh, a very uh, you know difficult somatized, which I love that word by the way. Um, it, it arouses me. Uh, somatizes into in, into the body and uh, you know and comes out as a disease. Um, okay, well let's, let's look at Pinhas's or as you said the other the other pronunciation is Phineas. Yeah. Pinhas's story about how he could see the seed of the plague. Uh-huh. Okay, so and and the Israelites being the spiritual people, right? Uh-huh. And the orgy being all things that are material, yeah. that are instantly pleasuring, instant gratification. Yes. So, if you're so focused on instant gratification, which so many of us are, and there's times when I'm all about the infant, infant, in. Instant gratification became one word for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Where I'm like saying, "Where's my Lexus?" Um, I can I can do it too, just like like the best of us. And and you know, how do people view me? How's this? How's that? And then if you look at what the plague is, and, and what Pinhas was talking about, what he he killed the root of the plague, which is that that thing that that keeps you distant from yeah. the divine. And and you have to just go in. So so to me, Pinhas is going in with courage and bravery and with clarity and saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and I'm going to find this thing. And maybe I won't find the seed, the absolute seed core of it, but I'm going to find the thing that's hiding the seed, and I'm going to get that. Yeah, and he also makes a sacrifice because the um, the punishment for murder is death. Mm-hmm. Um, so he risked his own, um, you know, his own life um, in order to stop the particular plague that was going on. It's definitely an enormous amount of food for thought, um, you know, for people to ponder this week. The other thing that I that I want to mention before we get to a quick break, Jackie, is, you know, that particular, when you were talking about, you know, the orgy in many ways can be defined as when we go down to that robotic level, a busy, 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 you know, that very robotic, just doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. We're not living, we're just doing. Doesn't busy feed our ego, though? Yeah. It feeds my ego. Look at how important I am that I'm this busy. Yeah, but that's all 1% material level stuff. Right. So so really the the orgy is that 1% material level stuff, and it's that, I guess it's what feeds your ego. Yeah. It would what is what the the orgy so so yeah that's and, and and I've said that word five times now so did that mean I invoked it what <laughs> stay at your house tonight Jackie Tony and you better not show up for dinner because <laughs> I am not answering the door. <laughs> We have to take a break, everybody. It is currently 5 uh, p.m. Um, go and visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com if you have a problem in your life 
regardless of what that problem is, we have a candle for that. So go in and check that out. Um, also, pick up a copy of Jackie Smith's book, Coventry Magic. And if you get it at CoventryCreations.com, Jackie will sign it for you. We'll be back in a flash. Don't touch that dial. Like a moth to a flame burned by the fire My love is blind, can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes
generation after generation after generation has been using this for healing for almost 6000 years. Right. Yeah. So so there's those words are really powerful within themselves. They they whether they were or were not powerful in the beginning, they certainly are right now. Um so that's that's where you're going to get a lot of power from that and and you know, when I've looked up the different water spells that I've written down or I've heard of or used or whatever I think about a couple of things. Like I've made prosperity water many, many times by putting it um, 
a silver coin in it, um, especially with a lady's head mm-hmm. on it, and putting that in the moonlight on the Does full Susan moon. Does Susan be Anthony? No, I, I usually, um, like a Liberty Dollar or something like that. I think the, the Liberty Dollar. But anyway, anyway. Um, I mean, I've made prosperity water from that. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can use for water, but one of my favorite things I'm I'm using for water is just really blessing it in the moment um, of using it, whether you could do a shower while you're, Uh you know, saying your prayers and blessing the shower at the same time. Um, And then, you know, there's always the setting up, setting up a, you know, I I love the try. I love the three things. So if I was to get a couple of cases of water, stack them up, in the room, and I was going to, and I was not going to use a Bible, or it's maybe not um, uh, this this week of Pinha. Uh-huh. I would use um, a healing candle, uh-huh. a spiritual cleansing candle. And I'm talking a big candle. You can't do you can't do this with the votives. Yeah, you, you got to give it a little time, a little focus, a little energy of your own. But a healing candle, a spiritual cleansing candle, and I think I would do a needed change candle. Uh-huh. Because what healing does is it changes. You're, you're looking for a change because it's like required to heal. You're going to get rid of the rash or get rid of the headache. or, or So something has to be destroyed when, during a healing process. So I, uh-huh. I would do, do that. Or, or maybe an uncrossing candle. Um, the needed change banishing uncrossing candle. One or the two of those because um, you've got to get out of your own way when uh-huh. you do healing work. Because let's face it, we all, if you're listening to this show, you already know that you can make yourself sick. Um, and I would put those three in there and I would write my own words of power. And that's the point of the Bible is that they're words of power. And you can, you can absolutely create some really intensive, powerful stuff. If you get into a space of meditation, get really open and allow those words to come to you. And then what I would do is I would, I would literally go... Um, during the three days of the full moon, and then I would do it again during the three days of, three days of the new moon, um, and say those words of power um, several times a day over that. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. One of the things that I would recommend um, is uh, for my candle on mm-hmm. wheel of fortune, the star candle, and the sun candle. Oh, very good, very good. Um, uh, as uh, a combination to really, and you know, because of the fact that the cards are on those uh, on those candles as well, it will give you something to meditate on um, in regards to helping to charge that water up some more. People are asking what Pinhas water is. Um, you just so so what it is. So go explain it again. Okay, Pinhas water is water created by reading out loud the portion of Pinhas. Out of the Bible, which is Numbers 25:10 to Numbers 31, out loud. So, if you don't know how the Bible is numbered, because some people don't, mm-hmm. which book is this found in? Uh, numbers. Okay. So it's found in the Book of Numbers. Yes. And and you go to where it says 25, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, verse um, 10. Verse 10. So it's the 25 25th paragraph, right? 25th chapter. 25th chapter. 10th verse. 10th verse through the 30th, 30th chapter. 30th chapter. First, first verse. Yeah. 
Now, what you can do any other period uh, of time is that if you want, you know, you're just getting regular bottled water to drink, is you can infuse that also with whatever portion of the week that we're reading from, and it's called Kabbalah water, okay? Um, so you basically bless the water because water will, it's the only substance on earth that will, re- that's chemical composition is changed by blessing it. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, look I it up on YouTube if you don't believe me. People who put um, Reiki symbols on there or different symbols on the water, um, or do over the water. The other thing I'm thinking about is you can do a, um, you can create a crystal grid around the water. I would first do a crystal grid around the water to well, if, if you're using purified water, I might do point the crystals out uh-huh. at first um, during. Um, in the uh, during the sun, um, in the middle of, like the the highest point of the day, and then get a new set and point them in to bring blessing, to bring healing. So you can do it that way. I've done actually. I had uh, this gal um, early in the days when I wasn't busy. Um, when I was first selling candles, there was this one customer. She had a crystal store in her basement. I love this gal. It was great. Called Crystal Corner. And one of the things she did is she would, whenever she'd get like a little chip of a stone, like something when somebody would break or, or a piece of crystal would chip, um, chip off, she put it in this really big water jug that she has, just a gallon jug, and she would keep that filled with um, reverse osmosis water. So if you were thirsty, she would give you some water out of this jug and you immediately felt high. <laughs> uh-huh. Or if you showed up at her house with a cold, she would make you drink like three glasses of that water and she goes, you'll feel better tomorrow. And you always uh-huh. did. But she, this was something that she had going on for years, so that it was a continual blessing on on that water. So, is this something that somebody could start during this and continue it? Absolutely. You know, and one of the things, you know, of course, I've been with you for five years, Jackie. You use water for an enormous amount of spell work that you do, down to bathing with tea bags and water, walking around with a cold pail of ice water, or ice, <laughs> a cold pail of water to remove tensions in the air, you know, water, water everywhere. Um, I didn't really realize how much I use water, but now that you say that, yeah, I, I, I asperge with water. Um, I say prayers over water, and, and prayer doesn't necessarily have to be from the Bible. It can be what you've set yeah. up. And one of the most powerful prayers that you can make, do is the one in the moment, the one in the yeah. moment that, that you let come to you from divine sources. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, uh, you know, and, and another thing that you can do if you're going to charge up water, even using pinha, is that you can take whatever it is that you want to be purified or cleansed, write that on a petition, put it underneath the cases. Sure. Or underneath the candles if you're burning candles along with it. Um, and, and folk magic, there's a couple things you can do to make me. Um, healing water. So there's, um, I was gifted with a lot of holy stones, H-O-L-Y, E-Y, not not blessed, but stones with natural holes in them. Uh-huh. Um, and it is said if you put um, a stone, uh, a hold stone in water, it becomes healing water. Um, just putting it in there and, and um, probably doing a little blessing on it. And so there would be, people would have the, the buckets that they have in their house water. They would always have a, a hole, a stone with a hole in it, a natural hole in it in there. Um, you can create um, healing water by putting it in the sun's reflection and then putting it in the moon's reflection for three days. So it's usually around the full moon. Again, that's something that I've done. 
That uh, would be really potent this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, especially with this one. Yeah. Um, another, um, they would, during baptisms, when they would baptize people in the river, uh-huh. they would take water from the river. During the baptism, they would bottle some of the water because it's very whole. It's it's sacred at that point. Uh-huh. If you, if there's a willow tree growing over a, a river or a lake or a creek, if you take water from right underneath the willow tree, that's considered to be healing water. Um, and then um, the first rainwater in May is considered to be a natural holy water. Interesting, because that usually corresponds with the the. Kabbalistic holiday of Shavuot, which has to do with immortality, and also the first melt. If you like, an, if you're in a very tundra kind of, but mm-hmm. the the crack of spring when when you get the very first sun, where it's warm enough for the icicles to start melting and dripping. If you collect that from that first melt, I wouldn't suggest drinking that though. No, <laughs> no. that's acid rainwater. <laughs> Um, but uh, um, and then and then there's like I mean there's so many I mean I you can you could um, when I was doing a little research on this too uh, there's war water there's peace water there's uh-huh. you know there's Florida water there's um, um, all kinds of stuff from there but you know when I was a kid I'm like well mom what what why is this holy water because you know you're not supposed to drink from the holy water fountain when you're Catholic uh-huh. it's really frowned upon let me tell you. But I'm really thirsty, and I get the smack in the back of the head. So you're not supposed to drink from that. And I'm like, why? What's in it? And they said special, and I I didn't understand that. I thought it came from a special place, and it uh-huh. poisoned to us. Um, but then I learned that it's the priests pray over it. Yeah. The priests pray over it, and and they put I think they put a little they put oils special oils in it. Yeah. And that's. Um, goes back to making peace water where you put special oils and that's why it tasted terrible when I drank it anyway, even after I was told not to. Um I think it's like frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. Um so it probably tasted like a condom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh those are some of the healing waters that you can make. I think the the thing is, is that whether it's you do this now with the reading from the Bible, and I do know there's a lot of people who are very, very uncomfortable with that, and I have to say up until last year I was right there with you. I'd be like, that Bible can stay over there. But I, I'm uh, after I met um, Star Cassis, who had been on our show, mm-hmm. and we did a Bible magic class with her and, and, and um, or actually a show with her, um, listening to them talk about the Bible, made me say, you know what? This is very different than the people who are thumping it. Because uh-huh. when you look at it, the Bible is a book of conjure. And and I have, I'll read from a lot of other things. I'll read from, so why wouldn't I read from that to understand how magic works? Yeah. And it's never literal. You always have to look at it figuratively. You have to look at the pieces of it. One of the, one of the first things that you're taught in Kabbalah is not to take the Bible literally. Um, uh, uh, you know, because it is, it's it's a mystical inter. You know, the Kabbalah is of course the mystical 
interpretation of the Old Testament. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that there's so much stuff. If you actually read through the, um, the the Hebrew rather than the English, there's a lot of stuff that just simply, you know, that the, the sentence structure and everything just wouldn't even make sense to somebody that, uh, uh, you know, in English. Um, or you would say, why the heck did they put that word there? What is the reason? Well, there's absolutely a reason. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I think that there's a lot of, you know, unfortunately, a religion has done a lot to pollute, uh, you know, such a powerful book of, of, of magic, you know, which is why, um, you know, I have through efforts of, you know, like, our doing a radio show that includes uh, Kabbalah and uh, I- from a magical perspective and Mama Star's show that talks about the Bible quite frequently. I hope that that kind of helps to erase some of that particular stigma. I had a... I had an epiphany while I'm writing about the angels, mm-hmm. and and I, I want to teach the class before I share a lot of this on the show, but this epiphany is pretty important. Angels predate everything. Angels are, are, are kind of like energy that mm-hmm. that is the divine. It just has a different filter on it so we can contemplate it and experience it um, in different types of filters, so for different reasons. Well, that's been around way before there was ever a name for a religion yeah. or or anything written down. You know, I was doing a little research on how far back they go, and then I closed the book on that and went, I don't care. Uh-huh. They go back further than, than humanity. Uh-huh. Um, and I realized when I, when I contemplated that, I went, oh, so all of this stuff from uh, the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, the Kabbalah, this is just them trying to communicate with us or humans trying to understand the energy uh-huh. that is angels. It's just the story. And uh-huh. it's the story at that time frame when um when that was how people understood and listened and, and read. Uh-huh. Right. So that's it all transcends that. That's just the um it's just them trying to get get that information to you. And I went, Oh, I can take a lot of that, a lot of that fear, a lot of that negative response to it, right out of it. I had an experience, Jackie, in which I uh, had a client of mine. This was several years ago, but she had such an aversion to the Bible, and I said, "Why do you have such an aversion to the Bible?" And she says, "Because of all of the judgment and the hellfire and brimstone and you know all of the stuff of that nature." I said, "Okay, I want you to take the words judgment." And I want you to change it to effect. And her eyeballs just opened up because at that particular moment she realized that basically that the judgment was just simply the effect of the cause. Um, uh, and that that can be good, that can be um, uh, negative based upon, you know, if, if, if you've done something uh, from that particular perspective. But when she realized it was based upon something that she did and not what a deity was doing, she was able to embrace it. One of the best Kabbalists I know now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you talking about anybody I know? Um, no. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were reflecting back to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't you. That's a, that's a little bit longer. <laughs> and you were one of my clients. You're my buddy. I don't think I've ever been a client of yours, vice yeah. versa. 
<laughs> I say that in a dirty way, sorry. <laughs> so, t- t- uh, mention about um, uh, what's going on at Zuzu's. Well, on the 15th of July in Peabody, Massachusetts, at the Holiday Inn. It's it, not Peabody? It's, it's spelled Peabody, but it's when you get to Massachusetts, everything is pronounced differently. Okay. So it's pronounced Peabody, okay. but it's spelled Peabody. <laughs> I love that. And so um, at the Holiday Inn there um, is Zuzu's um, Psychic Expo. So I'm going to be doing readings there all day, and Patty's going to be doing readings there as well, and I'm so excited to be traveling with my sister. Mm-hmm. And she's also teaching a class on um, finding your goddess, finding your own personal goddess. Oh, interesting. Yep. She's really good at that, too. And then Monday I have off, so I get to spend with my sister Patty and my sister Julie. Mm-hmm. And then um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday, I'm scheduled to um, do readings. Um, during those days. And then Tuesday night, Patty and I are teaching um, Archangels and Candle Magic. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel, you better wear a seatbelt when you get there. This is going to be one hell of a class. Yeah. Um, and then on Thursday, Patty and I are teaching um, another class in Akashic Wisdom, How to Work with Soul Parts. Now, what is a soul part? A soul part, um, we have lots of them. Our soul is so vast and and. I don't even think we're born with all of it mm-hmm. when we get here. But what happens in, in moments of trauma or moments of stress, We it, it, sometimes it's too much for us to handle, so we kind of break off a little piece of our soul to hold that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or, you know, sometimes we give a piece of our soul to somebody who's in trouble or needs healing, or somebody gives us a piece of their soul when they need to control us or they want to heal us or whatever. So uh-huh. it's sorting all that stuff out. And that a lot of times when you have other people's soul parts, like if, if I had yours and you had mine because we were trying to help each other so much or we uh-huh. trying to control each other, it would start to destroy our relationship because it would be very uncomfortable. Um, so you want to get your own back and, and clear them and, uh-huh. and heal them or, or release them. Sometimes they need to be released back to your oversoul so they can... Because um, they did their job, and you get fresh new ones. So that's so we're going to work with that and show you how to do some of that. And um, it's just so much fun to teach those classes. Both classes are two hours long, um, and uh, each per, you know two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Thursday, and they're only forty dollars a piece. Nice. So that's going to be awesome. And like I said, I'm doing half hour and one hour Akashic Record readings at Zuzu's. Um, for all week, and I am just giddy to get out there because I love all those gals and guys out there. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're done. We are. Oh. I love the show. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Make sure you cruise on over to our website, www.keepitmagic.com. Again, that's www.keepitmagic.com. To reach Jackie off the air or to visit our sponsor, make sure that you visit Coventry creations.com you can fan us up on facebook at keepingitmagic.com and make sure that you also like um the coventry creation candles page um uh, uh to get updates on the 20th anniversary which will be happening next month and also like i said limited time storm sesavani's tarot magic is available at coventry so what do they need to do jackie they need to above all else Keep it fun and keep it magic.
Yeah. You feel it, baby? Yeah. 